Welcome to Experiencing Healthcare with Matt Staub. My name is Jamie Preston. I'm your host, and we're here with Matt Staub. How are you doing, Matt? Good, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. We're we're in in the thick of the holiday season. It is uh, Christmas time. Do you have your Christmas trees up? I do. How many Christmas I've, trees uh, do you got? Um. Well, I've got one here in the office, nice. and I haven't counted how many we have throughout the office. But we we had some elves that came through. Santa's helpers, I think, is what their T-shirt said. That <laughs> came through and did an excellent job decorating nice. the office. And then at home, we have uh, seven. Seven Christmas trees. Well, I have one. I've got I've got a birch tree that's not really a Christmas tree, but it, it's a tree with lights on it. So. What, whatever gets you in the spirit. Yeah. When we got whatever gets you in the spirit. Yeah. We got like a regular nine foot tree too. But yeah, you gotta yeah. you gotta have a Christmas tree, and it looks very Kentucky Wildcatish. So just um, on, on my end. Okay. Lots yeah. Of, well, ours don't really have different themes per se. They just. <laughs> uh, we're just we're big Christmas fans. Yes, in our house. absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Well, are, do you ha- are, are your trees they, real? Artificial? They are not is this real. Too they, controversial topic. For it, this is a very controversial cop topic. Yeah, we want to be careful with this. We don't want to offend anybody. But mine are fake. Just for yeah, just it's it's just easier. So it's just just a little easier. Just I a do easier. I do remember when I was a kid, my mom and dad doing real trees and and they do smell nice i do like are yours real no none of, okay. none of ours are real yeah mm-hmm. so forgive us anybody that's listening yeah. that is yeah. a purist I keep saying one year you know we're gonna put one either on the porch or something and yeah hadn't happened yet absolutely they're a lot of work that's awesome well we're in a series right now it's called what's wrong with healthcare and there is a million different ways we could go with this and we started last week where we talked about insurances and and how confusing it is and we're going to continue that series and uh you know matt what matt what would you say if you could put one pick one thing what would be the biggest problem with healthcare? Oh, the biggest biggest problem with healthcare, I you know, I I don't know that uh, it's impossible. <laughs> that we have enough. T- I mean, I guess if you were going to say, Matt, pinpoint one problem with healthcare, it would be it would be the 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 outcome versus the spending. Yeah. To me, that's the that's the largest problem. Um, you know, we we spend more than any any civilized country in the world mm-hmm. on healthcare, and um, we don't have a, a equal return of quality outcomes from that spending. So, yeah. so to me, that's that's the the variable that has to has to get closer. And, uh, is, is probably the biggest problem. Yeah. I would say. And I, and you proved me wrong because I gave you I thought what I thought was an impossible question and I was going to make a point out of the question but you actually answered the question um, with a pretty good answer so because <laughs> there's just so many problems with healthcare there's so many things and it doesn't matter how good your system is there's always going to be problems when it comes oh for to sure um, so. you, you know and and I, and again I I, I think that. Um, you know, I, I think on the last podcast made the, made the comment of, of, you know, the first step in, in anything is admitting you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I think that as a healthcare nerd, you know, there's, there's a lot of things I love about healthcare and, and I, and that's a question I like to ask people, but, um, but certainly there are, are some, 
you know, health disparities that we see, some opportunities for change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, some of that too lies with, lies with education. Um, so, so health literacy. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's, that's probably what drives you and I yeah. a lot, Jamie, is, is just being able to help connect some of these dots and, and let um, others in the healthcare industry, you know, help to identify some of these problems so that, that we can all resolve them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think that's, what's cool. And as we jump into our topic today, what's really cool is, is you're not here to just talk about it. You're actually in a position to change healthcare, to do something about it. Um, with, with SC and Georgia house calls, you actually are a player in the game and, and it's, that's, what's so cool about this. Um, you actually can do something about it and are doing something about it. So, so as we jump into this topic today, why is healthcare purchasing considered confusing? Um, so, you know, and last week, you know, you, you talked about your scenario of, uh, of, of when you went to have surgery and, mm-hmm. and there was a, there was a different, um, you know, there, there was a, a you, you got an extraordinary bill that you weren't expecting. And, right. you know, they talked about a difference between a a cost for if you were filing insurance versus a cost if you were if you were paying privately. Right. So, you know, I, I got some feedback from that. I, I kind of wanted to delve into that today about um, really about the way that we as patients uh, consume health care, we as providers uh, supply health care and and then then kind of talk through why that's why that's a problem and why it's confusing and then, and then what we can do about it. So um, so to answer your question about why healthcare purchasing is is confusing, just just a couple of analogies I, I want to make. Um, you know, when it when it comes to you know this this really feeds into my closet economist brain, Jamie. <laughs> so thank you. Um, so 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 a couple of analogies when it comes to to those kinds of things. So when you think about when you think about purchasing, when you think about buying something, you know whether it's you go to the grocery store and you're mm-hmm. buying um, a, a a product that is by weight, like you know you're buying a bunch of bananas that are mm-hmm. 59 cent a pound, right? Right. You know that at that point you could go to the scale and you could weigh those bananas and then figure out the the weight multiplied by the 59 cent per pound, mm-hmm. and then add the applicable sales tax for your state, county, area, whatever. Sure. Right? So, so you've got a way to, to figure those out. And, and, and the same way with whether you're buying bananas at the grocery store by weight or your, uh, see that Lowe's has a refrigerator for $679.99, you know that that's the price of the refrigerator plus, plus tax, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and then, you know, talk about other purchases. Maybe you're talking about a, a vehicle, so you see a vehicle that has a quote-unquote sticker price on it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that dealership is going to want to put you in that car, right? So they're going to give you a value that's under your sticker, that's under that sticker price, but then they're going to throw in these other things and give you a, a cost breakdown of 
this is how much the car costs. This is how much we're discounting it. This is the packages we're adding in. So Mm -hmm. you then as a consumer can go, okay, I've got this much amount in my budget that I can spend each month. Or you as a consumer can go, okay, this seems like a good value to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So that's 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 the majority of the of the consumer supplier relationship. And that right? makes sense. That, that makes that makes complete total sense. sense. That's yep. that's ninety nine point nine percent of the things that we purchase. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So so then when you think about going to a restaurant, let's say um, this really providing a service. Right. You're you're there because you don't want to cook and you don't want to clean. But you need to eat, so you go to a, you go to a uh, a restaurant, and you see on the menu that that most of the times there's a price. You know, sometimes if it's a a fresh catch or something, it might be a market price, or sure. you know, a really fancy restaurant, then they might not put any prices on there or whatever. But for the most part, you know, hey, this is how much these things are going to cost. But but on that, you know, it 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 doesn't say on that menu, this is how much this uh, filet is going to cost if you pay in cash, and this is how much it costs if you pay with a credit card, mm-hmm. right? right? Now, again, some restaurants might say at, at the bottom of their menu in, a, in italics, there'll be a, a, a surcharge for, for credit cards or for American Expresses, right? Mm-hmm. But, but for the most part, you know, the way you pay it doesn't necessarily affect the price. Yeah. All right. Until a couple of years ago, when what I would consider um, the most inelastic product ever, which is gasoline, which means, you know, there's really no no brand loyalty, essentially, to gasoline. Sure. There there may be some motorheads out there that would disagree with me. But for the most part, (laughs) you put gas in your car and your your car goes. Right. Exactly. So then you started seeing a couple of years ago, um, gas stations offer a a credit price and a cash price right yeah mm-hmm. i've seen because that. because the you know they, they operate on very thin margins there in, in the gas industry so so they're saying hey we've got a processing fee that we're charged when we run a credit card and if you pay in cash then we don't so we're gonna we're gonna incentivize people to use cash by giving them a lower price so essentially they've got two different um, prices for for the same product based off how you're paying. Yeah. Right. And my question is, what animal walks into a gas station anymore with cash and says, you know, uh, 10 on two? <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we, and, and so now we've just we've just conditioned ourselves to like, yeah. y- you know, that used to be part of part of buying gas. And now, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I don't have time to walk you know, a hundred feet into the gas station. Right. Who has time to do that? Right. Exactly. So, you know, these, these scenarios of, of what we buy and how we buy and, and, you know, the elasticity thereof, of, of, of what we buy, we then tend to apply to healthcare. So let's, let's jump back into why is it confusing? So, so we want to apply these normal principles of, of economics to a healthcare industry Mm -hmm. and, and there, it's just not set up the same. Sure, you know. So, so when, you know, you're really talking about definitions. You know, you talk about cost. You talk about the term cost. 
that could that means something different to providers and payers and patients Mm -hmm. so you know to a provider cost is the is the really the expense incurred to deliver that service sure and and to a payer you know an insurance company that's that's the amount that they pay to the provider for the the services that the that the provider provider gives the patient mm-hmm. and the patients the word cost is that might be the amount of of out of pocket uh, expenses that, that that person has so sure. so cost has a little bit different meaning depending on where you are in in this in this transaction which then which then makes it a little confusing right mm-hmm. sure and and then you talk about then you talk about a price so then a price is is really the amount that the provider um, trying not to use the word it, it, that's that's the the amount asked for from mm-hmm. the provider for the for the goods and services that appear, that appears on a bill right sure and then reimbursement is is the payment for those services to the provider but but that differs based off off a number of things so so that's why it's confusing is because we we've got similar terms that mean different things mm-hmm. but then but then we, we've also got a different structure for suppliers and consumers right absolutely and, and I get it, you know, it, it is much more, you know, going back to my, my hospital stay, the surgery I had, you know, I'm sure it's hard to put a price tag on that when, you know, the hospital's purchasing the saline that's going to go in your IV and the different drugs, and they don't know exactly what they're going to need to do through that entire process, what they use. I get it. It's hard to put a price tag on that, but it, you would think they could get it close. And it wouldn't be so. It wouldn't differ. As sure. Much. Uh, definitely, definitely. But again, you know, I think that's one of those areas where you go, um, you know, oh, it could be ten dollars, or it could be, you know, ten thousand dollars. Sure. And and the patient says, I'm I'm going to opt for the ten dollar one. Right. <laughs> you know, because because it's it they they see a lower price. Mm-hmm. Um. So so that's probably why. And, and certainly, I think that there are some some ranges that can be given more than ten and ten thousand, right? You know, um, but 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 I think that um, you know, again, that that's that's part of the confusing stance is that that surgeon may have to do other things while he's in there, Jamie, that that were unexpected, which mm-hmm. would be outside of that um, that kind of estimate quote. But hey, here's what happened. Here's what we had to do. And then, and then, you know, the, the affected costs thereof. Sure. Absolutely. So, so how is health, how is the healthcare industry different from other industries when it comes to suppliers and consumers? So, you know, if you think about, if you think about, um, really healthcare as an industry, you know, it's, um, kind of that, that tongue-in-cheek um, description of, of what you might call a, a cottage industry. Um, so even with SE house calls, right? So so there are things that we need to do our job that we don't necessarily supply, like 
Mako Labs is our is our lab company, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, our providers depend on those lab values in order to help help them make good decisions, sure. or um, you know, they need a, a, a mobile X ray, or um, you know, there there's a home health company that we're depending on to supply a a a certain need of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, in, there are some instances where um you know there's a there's a, a a bundling of all of those services and kind of a kind of a, a a one payer for all of that but those are very few you right. know most patients are in this um are are in this industry where they get they get their services from multiple places so that's why mm-hmm. it's you know it's similar for the for the consumer for the patient because you know they it it feels like there's this absolute coordination behind the scenes that uh is happening and you know i I feel like we have done a a improved coordination of care with Mm -hmm. you know different things but but some of that is limited to um limited to technology limited to you know having having information that we need so you know it's it's a little bit different um in in the way that healthcare as a whole is provided because it has different pieces which is why they call it that cottage and and then um you know for the most part healthcare is is kind of organized and delivered as a community you know you've got your community physician or your community hospital or Mm -hmm. um you know those things and and people don't want to necessarily people as a whole don't want to necessarily travel outside of their community to to receive these services sure which you know is is a little bit um you know, a, a little bit of a paradox, in, in my opinion, because Jamie, I don't know about you, but I live in Columbia, so anytime I have to fly somewhere, um, you know, I look at the Columbia Airport, I look mm-hmm. at Myrtle Beach, I look at Charleston, I sure. look at Atlanta, I look at Charlotte, you know, to to kind of compare prices because all I'm trying to do is get from from my my house to the place I'm going and then back. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I don't just use columbia metropolitan airport right um but i think with healthcare, care people people want to do that locally um so so you know and, and that's how that's how healthcare is set up and i think that's you know part of the problem that we see with you know with the health discrepancies really is that there's no um suppliers in in some of our rural towns so right. you know that's where where se house calls and georgia house calls has really thrived is being able to take that healthcare community into into those people's homes right so and then, then you've got this this um kind of a dislocation if you will of a market where you know where Jamie, if you are the person who's looking to buy a car, then you know you're going to do your research. You're going to select a car. You're going to buy that car, and you're going to use that car, mm-hmm. right? In healthcare, you know you've you've got a you've got a third variable in there. You not only have the consumer, which is the patient, mm-hmm. and the provider, which which is the which is the supplier. Um, but you've also got the the payer, right. the the insurance company. Mm-hmm. 
So that's when you get into things like, um, you know, a, a relationship. A a patient buys insurance, and insurance pays the provider. Right. So if the insurance doesn't have a what's called in network relationship with the provider, but the patient wants to go see that provider, then somebody in there is getting a, a, a poor end of that deal, whether it's the right. patient having to pay a larger copay because that provider isn't in the, isn't in the network or the provider getting a lower reimbursement because they're outside of that network, which, you know, it, and it may be that ABC physician services at, you know, 12 main street is in network, but, XYZ Physician Services at just across the street at 13 Main Street isn't in network. Right. Well, going back to that community sense, you know, they think, well, network means people that are around me. Well, that that may not be it. It may be that those two healthcare companies haven't um, haven't had a good relationship or a good contract with with that with that payer and with that provider. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then and then throw in the throw in the big um, regulation word of, of how everything is regulated and, and, you know, some pairs want things a little bit differently than others and, and, you know, certainly under, under scrutiny. So, you know, from a, from an industry standpoint on the, on the, the healthcare industry side, you know, it's not just about the person who is in front of you that's delivering your care as the provider, you know, mm-hmm. certainly healthcare as an industry has, you know, unsung heroes as well in those, um, you know, back office support team, administrative team that are negotiating those contracts that are, are fixing those invoices and those bills that are, are talking with those patients and, and, you know, asking them about their insurance and, and making sure that, you know, we've got our, T's crossed and our lowercase J's dotted. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that third factor with the, with the patient payer and provider, um, makes it, makes it different than, than really other industries. Sure. I think one of the biggest frustrations too, is when you see, um, you know, this, this third party, this, the payer source, the insurance company, one insurance company will cover this test. This other insurance company doesn't cover that test. And that to me becomes confusing too. It's like, what, what's the difference here? Why, you know, why do you cover this? Why do you value it? Why do you not value it? It's all over the board. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, here in 2022, moving into 2023 versus, um, you know, 2002, We've got better information. So, so you've got these health, um, these healthcare payers that have you know mega data mm-hmm. that are seeing like you know annual wellness visits is something that that we've certainly um, been a huge proponent of. So you know you've got companies that are incentivizing or disincentivizing the use or lack of use of annual wellness visits because they see that then there's a preventative measure to, for that. Mm-hmm. So that preventative measure means, hey, we can catch things before they get bad and more costly. Sure. 
So, so the payers are saying, hey, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. SC House Calls has been saying that for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now, you know, we, we've got the ability to, to say, hey, we want the payers are saying, hey, we want you to engage this patient more frequently, you know, even e- than, than you ever have because, you know, even you having more contact with them from a frequency standpoint is still going to be more cost effective than being reactive to when something bad happens or they go to the hospital Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're, you're having to play catch up to get this person to where they need to be. And that patient's going to be healthier throughout that. Typically they, they might be, you know, most of the time they are going to be healthier, Mm -hmm. but whether they're healthier or whether they're not, their care is managed. Yeah. So, so that there's this, um, there's this expectation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how, how does this affect SC house calls, Georgia house calls, and how does it affect our patients? So, you know, I, I think, I think from a, from a very local standpoint of, of our organization, you know, we talk about um, we talk about numbers and we talk about metrics uh, because it, I think it helps us make better decisions. It helps us with um, how we how we manage our patients. It helps us with staffing. It helps mm-hmm. us with um, you know all all kind of things. It, again, I'd be amiss to mention that there's no no mission without margin. Um, so, you know, we we talk about we we talk about a number. We talk about three real numbers, Jamie. We talk about a build number, we talk about an allowable number, and we talk about a paid number. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in any instance where we have a evaluation and management code, and that evaluation and management code might be billed at $150. Sure. So that $150 comes from a fee schedule that, that we've set because we, we get to set our own fee schedule, um, which may be, you know, higher than what Medicare pays for that, mm-hmm. which is okay. And I'll, I'll explain why in a minute, because there might be other payers that, that will pay that higher amount because, um, you know, they, they have a good partnership with SC House Calls and say, they say, hey, you know, you guys are doing well for our insured. We do want to give you, um, we, we want to give you a, a higher reimbursement because we want to encourage um, more of our patients to go there because you guys do have good outcomes. So, mm-hmm. so whereas um, we bill $150, then we've got that number that's the allowable amount. Right. So, so in that allowable amount, um, that's going to be, um, you know, Medicare saying, "Hey, you build us at 120 percent above what our allowable is. We're automatically going to take that 150 dollar bill down to 150 minus minus 20 percent. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so we're going to take it down to what's that? Thirty dollars. That's 120 dollars." All right, so that's the allowable amount. But most of the time, the number that we talk about is the build amount, just because right. it's the easiest to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't want to we don't want to get in a 30 minute podcast every time we have to talk about somebody that's billed versus allowable versus mm-hmm. paid. Right. So 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 the allowable is uh, 
is is really what um, each insurance allows as the most for for that. So mm-hmm. it might get adjusted. Now, before we talk about before we talk about the the third piece of that, which is the which is the paid. Mm-hmm. So we send a bill out for one hundred and twenty dollars for this one charge, and um, you know the the rules of the game are anybody that's an advanced practice practitioner. Um, which would be our nurse practitioners and our physician's assistant automatically get 15% reduced from the allowable as as the rules of the game versus the the doctor that bills at 100%. Right. And then we've got the allowable charges that includes what we have to pay our electronic medical record. Um, and then, you know, each payer, you know, where they might pay – $98.61 some of them and some of them might pay $94.17. You know, there's just that that transactional um fee uh difference in in the in what's paid for each of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, now we talk about a $150 charge which might be a visit with you or I, Jamie, that's going to get paid at different rates or right. at different reimbursements based off you know, based off a number of factors. Um, whereas, you know, you think, gosh, you and I got the same service, that provider should be billed the same or, or should be reimbursed the same. You know, that that's that's not the way it, it the healthcare industry works, nor is it, you know, back to your scenario, you don't know what could happen during that visit mm-hmm. that might also be added in when that when that bill goes to to the insurance company to, to then be paid so um so it, it's it's frustrating on the on the patient side it's frustrating on the uh provider side and having talked with some of the some of the um insurance companies is, is definitely frustrating on the payer side too right absolutely this this is making things a lot clearer for me though i will say this this definitely i understand it better than I did 30 minutes ago, for sure. All right. Well, good, good podcast. And Jamie, thank you. You did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) No, it really does. It really is. It's, it's helpful. I knew some of it, but, but this makes it much clearer, um, why it is what it is now. Now here's the big question. How do we fix it? What, what are some of the things you think need to change? If you had a magic wand, what would you change? Um, you know, I, I think, I think this year there's a, um, there's a price transparency bill that's mm-hmm. going into effect. Right. So again, you know, just, just one more thing that's, that's wrong with healthcare. Um, you know, there's, there's this price transparency bill, which I'm not saying I'm, I'm necessarily opposed to, but it's for certain scenarios. Sure. It's, it's really for hospitals and really specifically for emergency rooms that, mm-hmm. you know, they can't balance bill you if they're out of network with your, um, with your certain payer that, you know, that, that there's really this, um, this, this transparency, if you will, of, of what spending is. Right. So that doesn't, that doesn't apply to all healthcare yet. Um, number one, but number two, you know, as a, as a healthcare executive, I know it's, it's going to sound pretty cliche, but, um, you know, to have patients, um, base the ability 
or, or, or base their care based off the cost opens itself up for, for a really dangerous, dangerous scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and that's different than whether you want to, you want to be able to afford, uh, a slightly used, uh, uh, Kia versus a brand new Mercedes Benz that rolls off the assembly line. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're still talking about transportation. You're still talking about A to B. So, you know, you have to be able to afford what you can when it comes to purchasing, when it, when it comes to, you know, buying a car with, with healthcare, um, you know, the, 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 whatever glitters is gold doesn't always add up with, with healthcare too. And, and for a person to go in, and, and I guess we're really what I'm trying to say is for a person to go in and say, these are the services that I want from my healthcare provider and pick them all a cart you know, really, really lends itself to, to, to us going back down a road of poor health care mm-hmm. because the 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 consumer needs the advice of the of the the principal in this in this you know if you're talking about a principal and an agent relationship the the patient being the the agent and the 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 provider being the principal. Um, you know that that agent really depends on the advice of the principal to to be able to give them that information of what they need, mm-hmm. not just what's the what's the lowest cost. Yeah. So so I th- I think from a let me get back to your question now that I've I've severely diverted. No uh, healthcare a, nerd. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, if if I could if I could wave my magic wand, um, and and fix something, it would be to. Um, it, it would be to put it in the hands of the people that can that can make a more effective delivery system, mm-hmm. and you know I, I think I think from the from the stance of you know let let innovation happen, mm-hmm. let creativity happen, sure. Um, you know let companies like SC House Calls or you know I, I I'm not gonna. I'm not going to advertise anybody else's that I, that I feel like is innovative and creative here on my podcast, but um, l- let these <laughs> let these companies do what they do, yeah. But make it easier for them so that you know we don't have to spend hours wondering where our money is held up, wondering how much we're going to get paid for it. Mm-hmm. So that you know if if you can resolve that Maslow's level of 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 hierarchy that first level of security um for us then then you know health the healthcare world is our oyster mm-hmm. um but you know for se house calls we're still struggling with uh, being able to to make a profit any month you know as 2022 closes out we'll still um have a have an overall loss for 2022 with se house calls um you know and, and 2023 with our um you know with with our partnership with Pearl, with uh, the uh, great initiatives that we had in November, uh, going into December, I, I, next year's podcast about this time, I'll, I'll be able to say, hey, we were able to make a profit for the first time ever in a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we're but we're not there yet, and and um, so if I can wave my magic wand, it's it's just that is um, grease that wheel to make it easier for us to do what we do. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I think you're right because then. You will see more innovation. You will see 
it'll go much faster than it is. And, and, and you, you know, we all know healthcare moves pretty slow, um, over the years and, and it's, you know, every country has their own way of doing things and, and it's, it makes it challenging. I, yeah, I, I think that would be a, that'd be a good, uh, magic trick if you could pull it off. So make it, make it happen, make it happen. I'll put that on my Santa list this year. There you go. No, that's, that's great. Yeah. This, this is awesome. Um, Matt, what is this, how does this make us work differently this week? Um, I think the thing that I, I, I want people to take away from a, from a working differently standpoint is, you know, we, we've got our, our, our key performance and indicator metrics that we report through Power BI and, and people see varying numbers that, um, you know, if it, if it weren't hard enough, then, then we throw an, another number in there at SC House Calls that's our weighted billing that we use to help calculate incentives so that, that we can we can drive people in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that certainly provides some confusion. But I think the thing that I, I want people to, to understand is that the number that you see that we've billed is the number that we get paid, which means that we can't go to SCE and G and say, hey, look how much we build. And they're going to go, wow, that's really nice. This is what your bill is from us, and we expect to be paid in cash or, you know, a wire in 30 days or less, or otherwise we're turning your lights off. So, <laughs> um, so I, I think that, that one, that discrepancy, um, you know, I, I won't just like you had that aha moment, Jamie here, sure. you know, that just some things clicked, just, just lean into that aha moment that, um, you know, there, there, uh, those of us that have the blessing and the curse of, having to bill for our time which then you know operates operates everything else so if you're not a provider if you are a uh, clinical coordinator you're some clinical supporting person you're an administrative supporting person there's a onus that's on you as well to help help that that provider with that billing provider number to help them do what it is that they do Mm -hmm. um you know, so that, that they can they can have their skill set, but on our end, uh, we're doing the things that we need to do to um, to help them administratively, clinically, whatever we can do to help people. You know that that they don't have to do that that we can do better, faster, or cheaper. Sure. Really. Absolutely. So whether that's scheduling of patients, whether that's conducting. Um, you know, coordination of care with, with chronic care management, whether that's ensuring proper registration, all of those things, you know, taking those things off of the provider so that that, that provider can then use their time and their brain space to really deliver that care to that patient. Sure. Absolutely. Matt, this has been great. You know, I this has been a long one, Jamie. I appreciate it though. Yeah. I, I have, I, you know, I get, I get real passionate about this. Yeah, no, this is, this is really good for people to know, especially in the industry. I mean, even if you're in the industry, it gets really confusing and there's always something you can learn. And, and once again, like for, for you, you're in the, you're in a seat to be able to change it and, and we can all play a part in that. So I think it's great. Thanks. Thanks for your time, Matt. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And if you could leave us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Visit our podcast website at experiencinghealthcare.com. 
If you would like to submit a question or potential topics for the podcast, send us an email at jmpreston at ltchs.com. You can also subscribe to one of our other podcasts in our podcast network, the LTC University Podcast, the Disrupted Podcast with Scott Middleton, and the Thriving Practitioner Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Have a great week.